Hi, hello, how are you, sunshine? Welcome to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Diddle. I am a small town girl from upstate New York. I'm a diagnostic medical sonographer, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, six-figure entrepreneur, future functional medicine doctor, and conscious joy spreader. I am obsessed with helping you navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively up-level your life starting today. How many times do we pay for one mistake? The answer is thousands of times. The human is the only animal on earth that pays a thousand times for the same mistake. The rest of the animals pay once for every mistake they make, but not us. We have a powerful memory. We make a mistake, we judge ourselves, we find ourselves guilty, and we punish ourselves. If justice exists, then that was enough. We don't need to do it again. But every time we remember, we judge ourselves again. We are guilty again, and we punish ourselves again, and again, and again. And if we have a wife or a husband, he or she also reminds us of the mistake. So we can judge ourselves again, punish ourselves again, and find ourselves guilty again. Is that fair? Every time we remember the mistake, we blame. Today, we're going to deep dive into a five-letter word that I think means something very different to each one of us based on our past experiences, and that is the word trust. Trust is a strong, powerful, oh, word that we just, we throw around. And in the context in which we use it, I truly believe it's based on what we've been through. If you've had micromanagers or people in your workplace that have deceived you and promised you a pay raise and you haven't gotten it, you're probably going to have, you know, some, some trust issues in your workplace or in your next job. And same goes for relationships, whether it be mom and dad, or whether it be your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, right? So this word is substantial in our lives and how we define it is going to vary. And I think this is an important topic because if we can understand how we define trust and how our partner defines trust, then we can build trust together. Now, today we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but the first thing I want to talk about is how to build trust. Okay. Trust is built in the little moments of everyday life. It's not anything grand. It's not a grand gesture twice a year. It's in every interaction you have with somebody. You can turn toward your partner or you can turn away from them. Now, Dr. Gottman, he calls this the sliding door moment, which I thought was super powerful because I was like, what does that mean? And then I read more about it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Think about the last time your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife got home from work. They had a rough day. You can tell by the look on their face that they had a rough day. You have two options. You can keep washing the dishes and listening to your podcast, or you can stop everything and turn toward them and say, do you want to talk about it? You know, what's going on? I'm here to listen. You have two choices every single day. Now, maybe you don't want to listen to it, but guess what? Part of being in a relationship is making sacrifices and compromising. And that person, if that's your person, needs you right now. So how are you going to show up for them? In doing this, in your decision, you are building trust in that moment. 
I talked about this on the last couple of podcasts, I think a couple times, and I talked about how vulnerability leads to reciprocal escalating self-disclosure. Okay. I talked about how some of us are super open in the beginning of relationships and some of us are super closed off and it takes 10 years to learn about your partner. How patient you're going to be and how that plays out for you is going to be totally different. But realize these small gestures, they compound like habits, they compound as well, right? And so in showing up for your partner, you're allowing them to be more vulnerable for you, to you, and open up about things that are bothering them or things that they're keeping inside. Like I said, some of us, we're just word vomit, which you know what? We got to kind of put a filter on that too. Others of us have this huge wall up and they keep everybody out. And that's a lonely way to live as well. And I'm not saying one way is better than the other. I'm saying that a happy medium is necessary and it's attainable for everybody. So we have this sliding door moment where the door slides open, your husband or wife comes home and you're like, oh shit, I got to deal with something now. And instead of saying yourself that to yourself, reframe what you're telling yourself, feeling, I really want to be there for them. I want to show them that they're not alone in whatever they're going through. And if it's something ongoing and you just have this negative, pessimistic person coming home every single day, that's something completely different, you guys. Okay. I'm not telling you how to change your partner. I'm not not going into any of that. This is strictly based on how you're showing up every day for somebody that you care about. Okay. Remember the foundation is everything. If you have a house built on quicksand, it's going to go down. Okay. But if you have a solid foundation and you build it on something that's meaningful, and and substantial, then when trust gets tested, because it will, there's a much higher probability of you um, weathering that storm together. Okay. So four tips to building trust every day. Number one, say what you mean and mean what you say. When I met Cam, he said something super powerful to me. He said, I said, you know, why don't you speak up a little bit more at work? Like, I feel like in these meetings and stuff, you are uh, exponentially advanced in in your knowledge in these fields. And and he says to me, I don't speak unless I feel like I can add value to a conversation. Often we make this mistake about speaking on things we know nothing about. Just because somebody is talking about something doesn't mean you need to have something to say. So when you do speak, say what you mean and mean what you say. Honor your commitments, follow through with what you say, but don't just say something to say something. Okay. Number two, communicate your intentions clearly. Communication is everything. Working with my clients, working at new jobs, just meeting anybody, your body language. If you, if you want your partner to trust you, you need to know that they're not a mind reader. So you need to state your intentions and state them often. For example, I went out last weekend and had some drinks with a college friend of mine. He was a male. There was never anything between us. However, I made it very clear to my boyfriend, like, hey, I'm, you know, a college friend of mine lives locally. I didn't know this. Do you, are you comfortable with me meeting up with him and going out and have some drinks? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And something that Cam has told me multiple times, he's like, I trust you implicitly and I've never ever had this before. And that is something that I couldn't um, fathom losing because I know firsthand when trust is lost, for me, depending on what happened and what the situation is, it's typically lost, which we're going to talk about that. Everybody is different with that. Okay. So 
Again, communicate your intentions. That could be as simple as like, hey, I want to have some quality time with you. I'm feeling very distant from you. Can we have a movie night, Thursday night, 7 p.m.? Can you be there? Okay, they can't read your mind. So if you're feeling lonely or feeling isolated or feeling that they're not showing up for you or whatever's going on, communicate that with them. We we just shut down and we walk away and we close doors when our partner doesn't know what's going on. Number three, admit your mistakes. I was listening to a podcast today and um, how close you are with your partner has a lot to do with how you speak. So if you say a lot of I and me and less we and us, you're not very close to your partner. You're still very disconnected or still getting to know them in a way that you don't feel close enough to call you guys a couple. So when it comes to your mistakes, we often go like this and we point the finger outward and I'm pointing my finger right at you right now when it's so much harder to look in the mirror and point back at ourselves. In order to build trust, we have to admit that we're wrong. The other night, Cam and I were talking, something had come up. I was feeling a certain way. He disagreed with how I was feeling. And I said, you can disagree with me. However, I would like my feelings acknowledged. This was very, very important. And as as we spoke more about it, I said, I apologize. I said, this concern of mine is coming from an insecurity. And talking to you out loud made me realize that this has this has more to do with me than it does to do with you. And I'm sorry for pointing my finger at you. He received it so well. There was no yelling. We were just talking. And I'm being transparent with you guys because there is no such thing as a perfect relationship, but you can navigate each one very differently and you can learn from them. And the most powerful thing that I've learned from my current relationship is every time there's something that we kind of butt heads on or whatever the case may be, we are both so conscious and aware that we're choosing each other and choosing to show up differently than we did in our past relationships that we leave those disagreements or whatever the case may be closer. The challenges bring us closer. We're also, neither of us, our our ego is not so big that we're afraid to say, I'm sorry or forgive me. Make it a command. Forgive me. Okay? Be confident that you are truly sorry. The flip side of that, you guys, is don't abuse the I'm sorry, okay? Eventually, it won't mean anything, okay? So taking accountability for your mistakes, asking how you can make it better, making a commitment that it won't be done again, whatever that may be, okay? It looks different for every situation. And number four, (laughs) kind of ironic, always tell the truth. Trust is not built on small, tiny white lies. I could have told Cam that I was meeting up with a college friend of mine that I was never uh, intimate with, and maybe I was. That would be messed up. Everybody has a past, you guys, and you may be with somebody for five years or five months or five weeks, but I guarantee somewhere in their life, trust has been lost whether it had been a parent that didn't show up to a sporting event, a boss that promised them a raise, a anything. Always tell the truth. And it seems like a no-brainer, but you would be surprised how many good-hearted people lie. And why do people lie? Because we do anything to avoid pain and seek pleasure. We don't want conflict. We want to get out of situations. But when you're dishonest about little things... It makes it hard for others to trust you when it comes to big things. Eventually, those white lies are going to compound and they will find out and something's not going to add up in your story. 
So think about things before you say them. And if you can't tell the truth about something, you better ask yourself why. Why can't I tell my partner the truth? And your most likely answer is you're hiding something. You want the best of both worlds, whatever that looks like. Whether you're living a double life, whether you're, you know, you're a stripper on the side, but also the corporate leader, whether you're in a relationship and also having an affair, you know, those may seem small or big, depending on your life circumstances. But the first step in building trust is telling the truth. Now, something that I made very clear when I met Cam was, I'm not her. I'm not him. I'm not anybody in your life that has lost trust, okay, with you. Please don't punish me for what you've been through. That takes a conscious effort, you guys. You need to be consistently consistent. And that is, you need to have those ties severed from where you've been hurt before so you don't project it on your current relationship. It's hard to do. I have been lied on. I have been cheated on. I have also cheated on somebody. You want to record that? You want to you go back, rewind that? Yes, I have cheated on somebody. It doesn't feel good, but I'm human. I am human. And telling the truth is super difficult, but you know what's harder? Going back going back and having to relive your lies, I guarantee your story eventually is not going to add up. So maybe you have a friend right now. Maybe it's just a platonic friendship, but maybe it's more. And how do you know? So I was always told that I was naive when it comes to this because Shauna, you're super hot. Guys want more than just to be friends with you. And to be honest with you, I can probably count three guys in my life right now that have never tried to pursue anything with me. And I genuinely feel like they are a friend. So in all my other years of pretending like these guys just don't want anything more with me, they all do. Sorry, guys, men and women. So five signs your partner's friendship is not an innocent friendship. Number one, the friendship's been hidden. That day that I met up with my friend from college, Cam was helping me with something on my computer. This guy's name popped up on my computer, but Cam already knew I was going to meet him. And because he said, where and what time, can you imagine had I not told him or asked him what his thoughts were? Now, I'm not asking for permission to have friends. I wanted to make sure he was comfortable because I put myself in his shoes and thought, you know, if he met up with somebody from college and she was a smoking hot girl, maybe I, you know, would be a little insecure. But then again, I'm like, wait, he's given me no reason not to trust him. So number one, has the friendship been hidden? Number two, are your questions about the friendship responded with don't worry or any kind of discouragement? It shouldn't be like that. If you're trying to justify your friendship, mm, red flag. Number three, have you asked about it only to have your partner tell you no? So what I mean is, have you asked about it? Have you asked for it to end? Have you asked for any more clarity and you're just getting a no or short responses or maybe they're ignoring you? Number four, have your boundaries been disrespected? Like it goes back to three. It's all kind of intertwined, you guys. And the last one is the friend of, is the friend, I'm using air quotes right now, um, kind of the person that your husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend goes to if you're having trouble in the relationship. Because oftentimes that platonic friendship can turn into more when that 
other person sees an opportunity to slip in and save the day. So no, I'm not saying run home to your partner and say, oh my God, Mary Jane, you cannot be friends with her. Don't be ridiculous. Okay. Don't go create fights, but I want you to be aware because I've, I'm super guilty of this. He's just a friend and maybe he is in my mind, but he, they could be thinking something completely different. So be consistent. Now the trust has been lost in some way, shape, or form. And maybe this has recently happened to you. Maybe it was 10 years ago and you're still trying to figure out how to trust your current partner who wasn't the one who cheated on you or lied or was dishonest. And the answer that you've probably heard from every therapist and every podcast and every book is, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on what caused the break of the trust. What the What is your partner's capacity and willingness to repair things? I have to tell you guys, when there was an affair in my marriage, it could have just been an emotional affair, a physical affair, didn't matter. I never looked at him the same way. For me, it was not repairable. I'm not saying I was wife of the year, but I'm also not saying I deserve that. So what's your method for communicating with your partner? What, what caused the trust to break? Are you pointing at them or are you looking at you? Now, I'm not saying break yourself down. They went outside of the marriage, outside of the relationship, outside of whatever commitment you made. That was on them. However, when I reflect back on my marriage, I think, Shauna, you worked three jobs. You were never home. No wonder he sought attention elsewhere. Am I giving him a way out? Am I just accepting that that was my life? No, we are divorced. We've been divorced for five years now. I think he's a great person. He just wasn't my person. So if the trust is broken, you need to do your best to put your feelings into words and try to avoid using words like you, you know, I'm pointing the finger out back at you. Um, this is how this made me feel. And it can be our, difficult to articulate what you feel. And there's no shame. Do your best to communicate. But that's going to come with time too. Create some space, create those boundaries for like, hey, I need to figure out if this is repairable in my heart. And if you cannot truly forgive them, you guys, let them go. It is not fair to them to be punished for the rest of their lives and it's not fair to you. So if it's broken, put your feelings into words. Also, when you when you talk, ask open-ended questions. So who is she? What's her name? Where's that going to get you? Show genuine curiosity on like, what happened? Where, what just like, where did, when did this, like, can you kind of lay out a blanket statement? Like, how was I not showing up for you? You know, some people just need attention from 50 people. You guys, it's nothing to do with you, but it's really important to look in the mirror and be like, how was I showing up in this relationship? How may I have I contributed to what happened? And the the answer could be so many different things. As I said, this depends. So ask open-ended questions like, where weren't you feeling love for me? Or just anything that's not a yes or no question. You don't want the one word responses. Let them explain. And then follow up with statements that deepen the connection. So when they respond, repeat back to them what they said and then reflect on what you heard. 
because it's funny, the other night Cam said something and I said, oh, like later on, he's like, are you mad at me? And I was like, um, I kind of expect, expressed to you how I was feeling. Um, and I was like, this is what I heard. And he was like, oh, I didn't say that. I said this. And I was like, well, this is what I heard. So what somebody says and what you hear can be completely, completely different. So in your own words, paraphrase what they said without making assumptions and defending yourself and bringing the focus back to you and let them be like, no, this is what I was trying to explain to you. Words are valuable, you guys. So is body language. You know, if you're sitting there staring at the floor with your arms crossed, you can't expect there to be any recovery to this relationship. You have to be open as much as it hurts. Vulnerability and getting to know somebody, there's also vulnerability in building trust back. And you need to express compassion and empathy. Don't tell your partner how they should be feeling. You know, maybe you're the one that went outside of the relationship. But either way, neither of you should be telling each other how they should be feeling. It's going to be uncomfortable regardless. And for me, by the time I went to therapy with my ex-husband, we were sitting on opposite ends of the couch and my arms were crossed and I had the worst acne breakout of my whole life. Stress and divorce actually lowers your life expectancy, you guys. I heard that the other day on a podcast. But after five years of reconnecting with people and, you know, closing those doors, I guess your life expectancy can go back up. And now I'm not saying staying in a miserable relationship because you don't want to die early because you might die early from that relationship. What I'm telling you is that it's going to be uncomfortable. It's emotionally draining. But here's the thing. You got to be able to talk about the hard stuff. You got to figure out what, what went wrong. Where did we, where did we veer off? You know, there was a fork in the road and I went left and you went right. And building trust is, is something you build every day. In all my relationships, I have front-loaded my trust. I trust you until I don't. Guess what? Things are different these days. I realize people truly show you what they want to show you. They give you all the good sides. And I'm not saying that, oh yeah, that's just how they get you in bed. Just in general. I will put your last name after mine. I will see a whole future with you because I see the best in you. And I love my joy and positivity and my outlook on life, but it's also punched me in the gut quite a few times to where I'm learning. So that's why the name of this episode is Stop Front-Loading Your Trust, because trust needs to be built, and it's built on transparency and vulnerability and opening up about what scares you, your wildest dreams, your deepest fears, all those things. You want to feel connected to your partner ultimately. But going back to how we started... How many times do we pay for a mistake? And the answer is a thousand times or more. If you are going to punish that person or punish yourself for the rest of your life, you will not have any sort of quality of life. And I don't want that for you. You are human. I just told you I've cheated on somebody before. I have lied before. I have said I'm in one place and been someplace else. If you have the find your iPhone or not find your iPhone, the tracking device on your partner's phone and you're like looking up their location or wondering why they're sitting in the parking lot for 40 minutes after work and that's not healthy. You don't trust them. So ask yourself, is the lack of trust coming from your past or is it coming from this person and how they're showing up in your life? And then you need to decide what's best for you because nothing is going to be perfect ever. But two imperfect people can create a beautiful life together. So don't punish somebody or yourself if you've lost trust. Also decide 
what your situation looks like, what's going to be best for you. Because like I said, trust is built in the little moments of everyday life, not with any grand gestures twice a year. Every interaction, you have the opportunity to turn towards your situation, your partner, your work, or away. Remember, you can slide the door open and ask, how can I be there for you? Or you can shut the door and look down. The choice is yours, friends. I love you so much. I trust that you will show up tomorrow better than you did today. I trust that you will be honest with yourself and with your partner. And I trust that you have so much magic in your life. So many things are unfolding for you. Believe that. Be kind. Give back. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Smile. Smile.